Welcome, and thank you for joining us on this special episode of Real Talk with ULI Arizona. We are pleased to present you with a sneak peek of ULI Arizona's 17th Annual Trends Day coming up on March 9th, 2022, live and in person at the JW Marriott Phoenix Desert Ridge. For those of you who this is our first Trends Day or for our returning guests, we promise to continue to exceed expectations. On today's special edition episode, we are focusing on one of the panels you'll be hearing at Trends Day, the future of aerospace and real estate. I'm your host, Max Rudolph, and thank you for joining us on Real Talk with ULI. Today, we are joined with the founding principal of North Star Commercial Real Estate Advisors and one of the co-founders of Arizona Spaceport Alliance, Karen McVean. On this episode, we'll explore her early career in real estate, some of the important lessons she's learned early on, and how they helped Karen achieve the success she's had throughout her career. We'll then transition to the conversation, Karen's passions, and how, the, how she applied herself to be one of the leading names in Arizona aerospace and real estate. So Karen, thank you for taking the time to be here today with us. So often we hear the names of some of the most influential people in our industry, but we don't, don't get to hear their backstory and how they got there. I'd like to start today's episode with having you explain a little bit about your background and what inspired you to get into real estate and some of the important lessons you learned early on in your career. Awesome. Thank you, Max. Thank you for that wonderful intro and for having me on. Um, the, the start into the commercial real estate industry is actually pretty interesting. I have to say, Oh, one of the things that I learned early in life, like age 17, I had a, a, a good friend whose father said, hey, listen, you know, if you really uh, want to make an impact, you should probably get your real estate license. And at that point in my life, I was like, I didn't know anything about it. And I just, you know, moved on with life and went to school and never followed up on his suggestion. And then I find myself maybe 20 years later, um, I had been working in healthcare administration for so many years and I had a recruiter that actually said, listen, your skill set is ideal for real estate. You just have to learn real estate. And uh, it was a pretty big wage increase to go into the new sector. And so I decided to dive in. I started out as a, a broker's assistant over at Land Advisors. And then from there, uh, decided to go get my own license. Of course, the runway in raw land is much longer than in say uh, leasing or existing products. So um, made my way through uh, the licensing and started the business, started in multifamily, and then have really just transitioned to more of the tenant rep model. Um, and so that's kind of where I sit right now uh, with my most recent assignment being the um, aerospace practice group leader for Kaiser. And now with North Star, uh, what I tell my clients is, you just get aerospace with it, but I'm, you know, perfectly comfortable and happy talking about pretty much any product type. Well, it's definitely good to be a jack of all trades out here. I mean, there's somewhat our Phoenix market is exploding with a variety of product type and whether it's pure land, multifamily, commercial, tenant rep, everyone wants to be here. So we're glad to have professionals like you leading the way. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun to be in Arizona right now and to be in, in commercial real estate. So since you said you sort of started in land and made your way all the way through the cycle, you know, land being the longest aspect of them all versus stabilized properties, probably learned kind of a lot about both yourself and just the industry and just kind of how things work. So. Oh, yeah. In fact, if, if I had to give anybody starting out uh, who, who's not licensed or anything like that, that's really interested in, in real estate, if you get a chance to start in land, that is the wisest place to go. What, is, what, what drives that decision for you? You know, I, I would say that it's 
the opportunity to look what is possible on a piece of property, right? And all the guiding decisions as to what actually ends up coming out of the ground there. Um, that is, it's as the strongest way to look at um, an investment for for an owner. Why it ended up there? What are you know some of the market factors that support it being there, or call for it to you know change in some respect? Um, if you get to start with land, it's like a clean slate. So you know it, that's it's you know being able to do like highest and best use analysis and things like that. Such a great place to start. Well, we always hope the land's a clean slate, right? That's right. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. No, that, uh, that's great. You know, starting off in this industry, it's a, it's a tough industry to, it's an easy but tough industry to break into. Did you have any, any kind of mentors or um, people that kind of help guide you through the process early on in your career? There are so many. There are so many. Um, I got to see myself in some who had been established at that point, like Adrian Bryant, who's over at, at uh, Bryant Commercial. Um, I got to work under um, Ben Jenkins, uh, who was at that time Land Advisors Resort Solution broker. Uh, wonderful opportunity, you know, to learn resorts and again, you know, what kind of drives that placemaking decision. Um, I I've worked with a number of others uh, who have really been able to kind of impart upon me why we do it and why it's important, right? Being able to be that, that steady voice in a hard decision. And, uh, you know, I think I like commercial real estate best because it typically tends to be based on the strategy and the numbers and the outcome, you know, having that conversation of whether or not it'll pencil. But at the end of the day, it is a, a real commitment. So it's it's great to be a partner for um, businesses in particular for me uh, and, and when they decide where they want to be and why they want to be there. No, that, that's awesome. It's, that definitely sounds like the, the reason why we all, all got into it is to kind of help lead the community and be a part of it in a way that's just so unique outside of an aspect that just people or other, other sectors just can't fully understand or realize. True. Very true. So you kind of touched a little bit on this and some of your mentorships and kind of being that steady voice. But well, when you're kind of starting off and trying to get some of these deals figured figured out, especially making that transition into real estate, was there anything that kind of stood out in your mind of what you wish you what what you know now that you wish you had at the start? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. It, I. You always look back at a deal and you know hindsight's always 2020 and one of the things that really um resonated for me in doing that process and dissecting the the post-mortem so to speak is that i trusting your gut is very important and if you have a feeling if something looks like looks odd to you if something you know going down that rabbit hole and figuring out why that resonates with you is is important right even if it turns out to be nothing the exercise itself helps um but frequently frequently yeah i look back and i'm like should have trusted my gut there should have like i had that feeling that that was going that way or i had that feeling that there was something there and uh, and so really being able to trust your gut um and then also in looking at how you respond to things 
there's a lot of, especially early in one's career, there's a lot of fake it till you make it type sort of sentiment. Um, I really found that just being authentic and honest was more impactful than fake it. So you can make it through, you know, a transaction or a deal or, you know, a development or something or process, but you'll really get something out of it in terms of personal growth if you can just ride that more authentic conversation piece. It's okay if you're not confident about something and it's okay to make sure that you're you're double checking your work and what have you. Um, that I, I would I would want people to know that that authenticity resonates on the other side of the table too and with your clients. No, I think that's definitely great advice. I mean, there's so many people that are entering brokerage for the first time or entering real estate for the first time because I think really that principle applies to, to any sector. Any sector. I mean, there's so many hesitations that we have out there and so many deals that we've looked at from no matter whether you're an analyst, developer, broker that says, "Oh, I don't, I can't do this for X, Y, and Z," even though you believe in the site itself. So I think having that that background there, and then again being honest with your with the people around you, because it does show. We're a, I was just saying that we're a big small town, and yes. our communities, as you are aware, extra small. So always good. Your reputation the, goes a long way. Your reputation, yeah, your reputation definitely does carry. So yeah. Yeah. In all those deals and trusting your gut, do you have one that you look back on yourself? You think to yourself, "I'm glad I went that way." Maybe one of your favorite things you like to. Favorite projects you've been part of, or whether it's on the land side or even on the stabilized side? Oh gosh, which one? Which one? Yeah. Right? They're all my favorites. Um, gosh, there are so many. Uh, you know, I think being listen, every every single deal that you do, I think that's my favorite part about this. They're all so different, right? They're all so different. I have to say it's it's probably one of my uh, deals that actually didn't go through that I learned the most from that mm -hmm. I carry a lesson right and um, you know there's there's in, in that particular deal and it's one of those that you were just trying to get it you're trying to get it and uh, you were even like for me I was even making excuses for it more so than anything else and then again turning to the hindsight looking back at it I'm like oh, that had no, that was going nowhere, right? Absolutely nowhere. Um, but you wanted to get the yes. And so one of what I actually learned from that is that it's okay for no to come your way, right? It's sometimes no is better because no means that you can actually go and spend your time on something that is uh, doable, right? That is going to be seen through to fruition. Um, so, you know, doing, again, doing the analysis, doing the work, is important you certainly learn from it it's an opportunity cost but you learn from it um but sometimes when you hear a no it can be a saving grace no i mean there's even an interesting connection to to make there i mean always people do anything to get the yes and they might even take away from their authenticity you know trying to show both themselves in a way or try to say whatever they want to say that makes the thing that they think will make the client happy but if mm -hmm. you you kind of understand that this is the terms and be stick to your guts that you're okay with the no, you'll walk away feeling better about yourself and the client will walk away feeling better about you knowing that you weren't trying to advise them down this bad road. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, and sometimes no is not necessarily no, it's not right now. 
right? And we, in fact, once we get to the part where we talk about the trends and everything like that, um, Trends Day and the aerospace community, it is very much, it's, you know, five years ago, it was definitely a not right now. Whereas today, it is a right now, let's go. Well, I think that actually makes the perfect statement to talk about some of the trends, because I think trying to say I'm going to bring a spaceport to Arizona or, any, or to anywhere five years ago, 10 years ago is a, what, what sci-fi movie are you watching? I haven't seen it. Is, is Marvel producing this one too? Like, <laughs> so, I heard I heard that often. <laughs> yeah. So no, I think why don't you kind of talk a little bit about a high level of what we'll kind of hear from the from you and the panel on on Trends Day and kind of how the on how the initial no became maybe one day to uh, here today. That's true. That's actually that's a that's great. In fact, um, we just went through and had a, um, a stakeholder meeting over at ASU where we reviewed the history of all of this, which is. So exciting, but um, about five years ago, my partner and co-founder, Benjamin Hernandez and I started Arizona Spaceport Alliance. And this came out of his work that he had done in the ASU MRED program. And, uh, you know, through the investigation on a project, uh, he got a chance to talk to some uh, fairly significant stakeholders here in the aerospace community who basically said, listen, the, the, the sector is not going to really grow here beyond what it, what currently exists, because you can't really do the R and D element here. You can't, you can't access space. Um, that is, uh, something that has to happen at a space port, you know, where the FAA has given permission to launch and land from, um, and that made sense. And then, of course, if you start to dig into the concept of spaceport, it's uh, basically the evolution of the airport, still FAA guided for safety. And um, and five years ago, we weren't really doing too much with respect to that as a as a you know global community, quite frankly. Um, and as that subsector has really developed, the it's the space part of aerospace. Aerospace is typically aviation, um, space, and military and defense. And so as the subsector really started to kind of grow, that's where we were like, okay, well, Arizona actually has inherently both, you know, naturally and then through its business community, a great uh, bed for success for the subsector. And so at that point, it's really just an education. And so once we were able to do that, it was let's look and see what the aerospace and the space community, those businesses need to succeed. Um, and can it happen here? And is it really just an education point, which, you know, again, that's, that's what we think. Um, on what we're seeing in terms of current trends are companies who are really starting to solidify their business plans around this and successfully convincing investors to invest. And, you know, if you look at, I think one of the most recent valuations for the subsector is what, a trillion dollars by 2020, 2030 or something like that, right? You'd have to take a look to see exactly what it is. Um, but the money's real. And right now it is about fleshing out to see what ideas will stick and what ideas will be um, consumed into another bigger idea. 
um, and then what um, what we can expect to see uh, going into the future. And then, of course, what that means for our communities here in Arizona, which is the guiding factor. It's always we always talk about workforce and education, having kids here who, first of all, recognize the fact that they can have jobs in this sector. And uh, and then, of course, making sure that there's a, a, a great place for them to do it. And that's where the built environment comes in. And that's what we get to talk about at Trends Day. We get to talk about the needs and demystify the subsector for developers. What goes into the building? I think that'll be a very interesting topic. Uh, <clears throat> given the fact that I think when most people think of space in Arizona, all we hear about is Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos launching rockets out of Texas or over in Cape Canaveral. So the fact that we even have something like that out here it's crazy. I mean, even for you know, even our closest neighbor, New Mexico, has Richard Branson, Richard Branson, uh, Galaxy Galactic spaceport out in uh, the south of Albuquerque it's, a little bit. It's Spaceport America, and it's near Las Cruces. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll dive in. We've actually got some. We've got actually some brain power with respect to what happened there here in Arizona, right? So we and and uh, on the panel we'll have Julie Angle and Yuma. At right when we were starting our our ventures with respect to space uh, spaceport alliance, um, that's when we found out that Yuma was also very interested in making this happen. Um, they they have you know the ability to do it, and our goal was always to support a municipality. Um, or community effort with respect to it, because that's you really have to have the the buy-in from the from the community to make this happen. Um, and so we'll get to hear from her about you know what safety concerns they really looked at, um, making sure that you know this is something that would that could happen there, and then it could safely happen. No, that's great. I think you kind of lead into my next question is I'd love to hear some about some of the other panel members that you've invited. And we have you know, Julie Engel, the mayor of Yuma, Major General Terrence, Cleehan, and Brian Hartman, all through very different aspects of this, uh, just different uh, stakeholders in this business. So how did they kind of come together and what are some of the things that we'll be talking, talking to them about kind of a very unique fashion or in-depth fashion? Yeah. So, so um, really excited to have Worldview uh, at the at the panel discussion. Ryan Hartman is the CEO there. Um, Worldview has been in operation down in Tucson uh, at technically something called Tucson Spaceport. Um, they they originally started with the goal of doing balloon launch, right? A nice steady rise. And they had a concept that basically took people in a capsule, you know, up to close to the edge of space. And, um, you know, just being able to see the earth and then see the curvature uh, of, of, the, of the globe, I can, only, I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine what it looks like and I can only like look at it in reference to, um, to movies and things like that. Uh, so Ryan will be there, he'll be sharing where, uh, where Worldview is now and what's happening. They've got some pretty exciting things that are coming um to northern arizona and uh and and they're just charging forward with respect to that and then we also uh we have uh terry who will be there who uh he's the president of taf vectors but he's formally um he's a retired major general 
and he is also formerly with Northrop Grumman. And he in particular can speak to what happens inside the building, which is all as a as a as somebody who's been a tenant rep in that sector is one of the big questions, you know. What are what does flexibility mean for a, a space company and an aerospace and an engineering firm, right? Engineers, some of my favorite people to work with because they can fix anything. Every time we look at like a building, they're like, we know how to fix it. Um, and so, you know, the importance of what can be done inside the building to make it flexible to to keep that um, company moving forward with their mission because they've got mission critical pieces that they've got to get done. And then also speaking to maybe some of the security concerns um, they've got, depending on what type of contract or what type of project you're working on, there are a variety of different security concerns and how those are addressed again in the built environment itself. And then you mentioned Julie and I talked about Julie earlier. She is the president of the Greater Yuma Economic Development Corporation, I think. And um, she's just a wealth of knowledge, and she's been working at this um, at this project with respect to what I believe they're calling McCain Yuma Spaceport or or Yuma McCain Spaceport um, over by San Luis uh, in in the Yuma area. And you know, again, just sharing what it means to their community, and then what those safety concerns are that they looked at with respect to the project. No, I think it would be a great, great panel there. In terms of safe, safety and security concerns, is it all going to be government-run sponsored projects, or is it going to be the ability for people to rent out and kind of develop their own research on ASU and maybe some of the other uh, life, life science companies and tech companies out of California, given the centralized location? You know, the it's it is a to be determined, but I. Yeah, I don't want to speak with, for Julie and what the what the Yuma, the Greater Yuma EDC is doing. But what I will say is there is an opportunity there, right, to incorporate both and all. Quite frankly, um, there is a way to position this so that you can have startups who have like incubator space and start to test things, right? Um, you can you can have legacy companies, you can have primes out there, you know, uh, in, in their respect. And it really just depends on, you know, what a development, you know, looks like, where it is in proximity to launch um, spaces. And, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be right there in Yuma. There's opportunities to come in from from outside the county and um, and participate in something like this. We've got great companies down in Tucson. We've got a fair number of companies here in Maricopa County. Um, and of course, you know, nobody turns down business from Southern California at all. So it's, it is a, it can be laid out in a way that it welcomes a variety of different people who have a variety of different needs. No, I think that'll, that'll be great. Um, Without taking too much of your thunder away from the panel, how did Yuma and Arizona become selected in terms of having even Tucson for that matter? What kind of what characteristics made us more more of an ideal climate or location to have one of the have a spaceport versus elsewhere in the country? Oh gosh, are you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the best parts about Arizona is its days of sunshine, right? 
the the cost that a scrubbed launch um, has is always worked into a price. So if you're in a place that doesn't need to scrub naturally, you know, that's something that should be considered. Um, after that, it's really the details, right? There, there are a number of details that you kind of have to get past in terms of like airspace availability. You know, you don't want to interrupt um, current flight paths. If you ever got a chance to look at something like a sky vector map, a red dot goes over a region when it's launch time, right? So you have to be cognizant of that and be, you know, good um, corporate partners. Um, but you look to see where that red dot wouldn't uh, necessarily impede too much. Um, so that's, I know that's something that Yuma took into consideration. And as other, um, as other municipalities and airports look at adding something like a spaceport to their master plan, that's something they'll take into consideration too. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, Arizona, you know, has the ability to provide for something like that uh, along something like a Yuma Proving Ground, right? Where there are very few people flying through anyway because it's already utilized for military. And if you can work it out with the military, that's what um, Spaceport America, right? With White Sands is right where they're near. Um, if you're able to work it out with the military, y'all can figure it out, then maybe there's an opportunity for a spaceport. Arizona's got that as well. So we've got a great working relationship with the US military. Um, we've got great working relationships with our neighboring country to uh, the South Mexico. Um, so that, that because of that, we get the benefit of an idea like this. Well, it sounds like Arizona is poised for success in this and we're glad to have you help lead the way and pave the path and bring it into a great panel for this discussion. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, before we wrap up, you've been a Trends Day repeat customer. So would you mind sharing some of your favorite Trends Day experiences you've had and some of the benefits that you've gotten out of it? You know, I think one of the best parts about Trends Day is really being able to get the, uh, the viewpoint of those of us who are out there doing it day to day, talking with the businesses, talking with the developers, talking with the communities about the wants and needs, right? I remember uh, one of the Trends Day panels listening to a re the resurgence of multi-generational housing. And I was just like, yes, thank you, right? In my, I'm, I am uh, Mexican-American and African-American. And in my family, people don't go into nursing homes. They absolutely have to. So the resurgence of multi-generational housing for me at that point was a bright point. Um, and I learned about that at Trends Day and shared. Right, and that's the important part about Trends Day is that we learn some of these concepts and then we share them so that people know that this is coming or this is an opportunity or it's being thought at. So you can look at us as an example if that's something that you want to share in your community or in your state, right, or in your country, because of course we have a global reach here at ULI. No, that's definitely true. I mean, Trends Day brings out everyone in the valley. It's all the all the the big hitters and big lifters that are around Phoenix and everyone who's the younger side like I am and looking to make connections and learn because at the end of the day, you can't share ideas just by reading about them. It's great to be in person and talk to them. And we're glad that we're able to do Trends Day live and in person again this year versus some of the ways we had to adjust in the past. So we're all happy. We're all excited on our side to get the show back on the road. 
Absolutely. We're excited to be in person. We're excited, you know, to, uh, to see everybody and yeah, to hear about all the new projects and all the new ideas that are hopefully coming forward. Yeah, no, it'll be a great time. And for those of you who have not have never checked it out, definitely make sure you do so this yourselves. And for our repeat customers, we have plenty of great panels coming on up. So, yes. Well, Karen, before we close out, are there any last words about either uh, Spaceport, Trends Day, or even just general advice you'd like to give our listeners and be mindful uh, them be mindful of? Yeah, absolutely. One of the my favorite things about um, space, both in the real estate sector and in the aerospace sector is that there's a place for everybody in there, right? There's a need for everybody in there. Um, the, the need will be great with respect to the burgeoning uh, space sector as it kind of comes into its maturity. Um, and then in commercial real estate, there's a need for, for talent there too. So I always like to encourage people to learn new things, to expand their minds, to if they have a ULI membership, to utilize the Knowledge Finder. It's a great resource. It's something I tap all the time. Um, and and just know that you know there there are plenty of us out there who are willing to share our ideas and connect people if needed. Well, great. Well, we really appreciate that, Karen. Really appreciate your time. And with that, we'll conclude our episode today of Real Talk with ULI Arizona. Again, I'd like to thank our guest, Karen McVean, for sharing her time and discussing Trends Day, some of the uh, Spaceport Alliance and what to hear coming up. I'm your host, Max Rudolph, and we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. Thank you.